Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. We are back for another great episode. We are on site here at Glow Resources. We've got Jareth Nakan in the building. We're in his building, new building. Very excited to hear his story, his journey, how he got to where he is, and really his multiple businesses across multiple different industries. That all comes together and paints a pretty picture of what he is and how he does business. But before we get to that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout out and thank you to the folks that bring you this show each and every week. Falaya Real Estate, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge. Oh, jeez. Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge. Um, Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry, Building 5. You know, our outfit of the day is always brought to you by McClavey Limited and Gage. Without further ado, Jareth, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to, to speak and listen to a few of your podcasts. and excited to to be a part of it. Yeah, now you're one of them. That's now you it. Can listen to yourself talk. Right. Unless it just goes horribly wrong, and then then we maybe we don't air it. Yeah, that's always that's always a possibility. We don't. But it won't. It. It's going to be just. But fine. I think it's going to be great. Oh, no doubt. So for those who aren't familiar with who you are and what you do, who are you and what the heck is it that you do, man? Man, so I'm a I'm a nobody from a little town called Melville, Louisiana. Uh, it's in Saint Landry Parish. Grew up there most of my childhood and. You know, we can get into it later, but it's a big part of what developed me and 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 created work ethic and 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 really it taught me the skills of how to deal with life and people and 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 so I took all that knowledge, you know, compiled more knowledge with it and you know had had my my experiences working for other people and but always knew that one day I wanted to do something on my own and you know circumstances uh, or what circumstances are and and I was able to. To, uh, to start a company. So we started Glow Resources. And what Glow is, it's a spin of a staffing company. And, and really, we are a staffing company. Uh, the reason I say spin is because we really format ourselves not to be a traditional staffing company in the sense that, you know, we have a building and, and people come in and they produce resumes and, and say that, you know, my name is Patrick Grimio and I'm looking for X, Y, Z, and then we really work hard to find you that position. Value in that, we, we understand the value in that, and sometimes we do uh, hire people that, that you know, just come in the, the door for lack of a better term, but really we refocused the hiring process, and, and it starts with, uh, starts with us, obviously. You have to get the right people working here, and, and, and man, we do. Our people here are, are the, the magic to the sauce for sure. But you have to find the right customer. Uh, what I've learned in the industry is not all customers are the right customer. Uh, my personality is such that, you know, I, I enjoy dealing with people. I'm very personable in my, my personal life and that's carried over into business. And I have found that I work better with customers that are of a similar approach, uh, you know, Common sense is a, is, a, is a factor. And side note that I don't know why we call it common sense, dude. It is, uh, we, should, we, so should, common. <laughs> we should reformat it and call it the uncommon sense. But uh, to, to keep it uh, sensible, we'll say common sense is a, is a big part of how we do business. Um, but, you know, backing up, customer selection is a big part of it. Uh, we're not the right fit for everyone. Uh, some people are... Uh, they, they run their businesses in a way that really doesn't match with what we're producing in terms of employees. And, and so we will kindly, you know, maybe advise them to, to seek help elsewhere. But once you have the right customer, uh, you know, the, that's, where, that's where we really start to shine. 
what we do is we, we look at common sense things. For example, if I have a customer that's looking for a welder or a carpenter, Probably the worst place to look is welders or carpenters that have not been welders or carpenters for a few years. You know, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time we've learned that, you know, if people are not working that standardly for a reason, uh, and sometimes that it's legit and there's things that, that they can't control, but law of averages is what we're talking here. Most of the time in, you know, the, the, the work market that we currently have, if you want to work, you're working. So we figured out that we need to we need to we need to poach employees from from customers and from states and cities that we don't currently work with, uh, and that's what we've gotten really good at doing. I mean, it's a terrible way to describe it, but it's just the truth. Uh, we know how to find the right skill set to meet that client's needs. Um, and you know it's a sausage making process, right? It's a lot that goes into producing the final product, uh, but the biggest part is we just treat humans like humans, and and as simple as that sounds, you know, it, it's I won't say uncommon, but it's it's not the status quo of employer employee relations, and we bridge that gap, man. We we find good employees and we we nurture them. We 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 ask them questions we want to know about their family life, their personal life, and then we transition that to our customer, and we don't get it right all the time, but our percentages of retention are pretty high, uh, and if the customer's on board, which that's our job in the beginning to make sure we select the right customer, and we've done our jobs as we say we will do, uh, the retention is going to be fairly high. Um, so, you know, Long words, but that's what we do at Glow Resources. Um, and then, you know, I guess the last aspect is we don't really find employees for customers and then walk away. That's not the, the mantra or the model that we, we sell ourselves as. We, uh, we stay pretty involved with the employee and the customer throughout the process. So we'll check in with the employee, uh, you know, a few weeks into to the job to make sure they're still happy. And sometimes they're not, and that gives us a chance to jump in and mitigate potential problems. Uh, and then obviously with the customer, we're staying in touch with them fairly often, and sometimes they're not happy. But again, we're able to jump in and mitigate problems that uh, otherwise would maybe you know turn into some type of termination. And that's uh, that's how we do business, man. We just we just treat people like people, and we, by all intent and efforts, try to utilize common sense and. It works out. It's uh, you know, it's not not magic. There's no no other secrets to how we've been successful other than just being good humans and and treating humans like good humans. Well, like you said, it's people treated like people. It's not treated like a number where some agencies or some other businesses are just trying to get them through the door. Say, all right, we got to hire, we got to get six people placed this month to meet budget or whatever they're trying to meet. It's no, no, no. we're gonna sit with with Patrick, with Dylan, with Jareth, and we're gonna make sure that they get happy. With their job they're fulfilled they're doing what they want to do you're a lot more involved and very focused on making sure that person's happy both on your end and the actual employer's end so it's a very involved process from a to z and i don't think poaching is a negative connotation but what you're doing is a wellness check on people are you happy where you're at are you satisfied with your job duties are you fulfilled or is something keeping you up at night and you want to find something else let us be that resource to help you find something else Hey, that, that's beautifully said, man. Um, 
The Patty G Show is now proudly presented by Baton Rouge Regional Airport. Y'all, I fly exclusively Baton Rouge whenever I best can. And what they've got now since June of 23 is a nonstop flight from capital to capital, Baton Rouge Airport to Washington, D.C. You're able to make the round trip in one day. They've got the earliest flight, or even earlier than flying to New Orleans, you can fly to Baton Rouge to go from Baton Rouge to D.C., round trip one day. If you've got meetings in D.C. or you've got business gatherings, you definitely want to fly to Baton Rouge and go from capital to capital. They are a proud presenter. We are now brought to you by Baton Rouge Regional Airport. Thank you so very much for bringing them on as the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. Man, um, and and just to go a little bit deeper into the term poaching, it is just a negative connotation if you use it as face value, but sometimes the fit is just not right anymore. Sometimes employees are... You know, they might have been at a company for 10 years and they're just at a brick wall. And they might be able to take that skill set and move to a different operation. And then their 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 upside is uh, not tapped yet. Uh, and then sometimes for the client, you know, that, that we take the employees from, you know, or approach the employees from, uh, that happens for a reason. And I say the same thing about our employees here. If I don't treat my employees well, if I don't compensate them, if they don't feel fulfilled and, and purposed in what they do, then I don't own these people. I mean, somebody else is gonna come along and they're going to make them an offer and then shame on me for not stepping up in the beginning, right? So we're not really, we're not really applying rules to, to anybody else that we don't accept for ourselves. Um, so uh, Patrick, the biggest thing I've found being in this business uh, with dealing with employees and employers, and, and you hit it, and it's cliche, the, the number system, right? Well, you know, we may all know our employees' names, but do we, do we really know that employee? And maybe sometimes the answer is yes, but what I've tried to do here at GLOW, and certainly is this is not, this is not the Jareth Knockhand show in terms of GLOW. I have, man, the, the staff here is phenomenal. Um, we're all like-minded, you know, we we all primarily think the same way in terms of how to treat people. Uh, and it shows, man, it's, uh, you know, you've had the opportunity to walk around, I'm sure, and just, just see people pretending to be happy if they're not, they fool me <laughs> if they're not, uh, actually happy. Uh, and that's the environment that we want because I feel adamantly that if we have a very solid work culture and a very solid environment here at GLOW, that carries over. That carries over into the customers that we service. That carries over into the the employees that we're placing with these customers. And and I'm waiting to be proven wrong on that, man, because it's uh it's simple and it's uh, it's not a science. It's just uh, being a normal human and 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 being good to people. And and this is what you get in return. Not that we're at the the mecca. I think we have a a long way to go before we we can say we've made it. But it's uh it's worked out thus far. Yeah, well, it's like you said, you hold yourself to the same rules as you do everybody else. If you got staff here that's like, we're just not happy, by all means, either A, you failed in the beginning, or B, like, go find a place that makes you happy. Because it may not be us that's making you unhappy. Maybe it's the drive because you live out of town and you got to drive in. Maybe it's the timing doesn't work out because your kids got to go to daycare. Whatever. There's a million reasons why somebody could be unhappy, not just from their manager or their employer, that where they work is not something that's making them fulfilled. So you got to say, look, we recognize that we may not be the perfect fit for your entire career. Find where you want to go. And heck, 
will even help place you where you want to go. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I got sidetracked about the number system, though, but you you just reminded me. So, you know, previously to me starting Glow, I've worked at places that good companies, solid companies, but something was lacking. Something was lacking. And what, what I determined was lacking is, is I hate to keep saying it, but it's the human effect. People, you know, the world is tough, man. Like, you know, people have kids, you know, most of the time in a uh, uh, traditional household, the mother and the father are working. You have kids in this grade going to this school. Life is chaotic, man. It's, uh, so the, the last thing that we want to do as uh, business owners and employers is to, to forget the chaos that people typically deal with on a Monday through Friday before they enter the doors at Glow or wherever. And, and I think that's the, the fault of the number system. It's not enough, in my opinion, to know employees' names and, and, and know what car they drive. You really, you should rather, you should know enough about that employee to understand that, you know, if they're having a bad day, it's nothing personal, man. They're, they're not less of an employee as they were the day before. They're having a bad day because sometimes life sucks. And, and if we can just create a, a culture of consistency and positivity in the workplace, you know, that's, uh, that's what's lacking a lot of times because most people have to do with life and then have to go to a place of employment that also is dealing with life, you know, not, not the greatest place to be. Uh, so if, if I could stress anything to business owners, that, that would be it. Create a culture where people want to be. And, and that doesn't mean just having a pretty building and that doesn't mean just compensating, which that goes a long way, by the way. It's a big factor in its compensation. But it, it, it also means that it's a genuine feeling of, of family or friendship, whatever you, you know, the term is. But uh, it's, it's easy to say. I just think that most companies in my, my working experience you know, prior to being here, most companies uh, are not great at it. And so... Knowing that, I, I just make a lot of effort into making sure that Glow Resources is not most companies. And it starts with me, man. I have to, I have to hold myself accountable. Uh, I have to come in and I have to make sure that, that my attitude, be it a good day or bad day, is on point. And, and, and that reflects because all the way from, from Brittany Trier, who's our vice president, uh, down to anyone in the company, there's an expectation of how to be and how to act. And we really, we feed off of each other. So you can have a bad day when you, when you get here, but by the time you're here, most of the time, you know, somebody's gonna make you laugh or say something dumb and, and you're back on point. So that's, a, that's the glow mantra, if you will. I love it. So backing up. This episode is proudly presented by Gage. Gage is a local company here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For over 40 years, Gage has provided businesses with the very best telecommunications, IT, and standby power services available. Gage has a variety of services, including Gage Cloud Voice. It is the last phone system your business will ever need. You need to give your business the ability to be accessible anytime, anywhere, and with Gage's cloud-based phone system, you'll be able to accomplish just that. Not only do they have Gage Cloud Voice, they have fully managed IT services that are proactive network monitoring, 24-7, 365, help desk, business, content, 
continuity, they are there for you. What you're also going to need is some cybersecurity. Gage is there to safeguard your business from potential cyber threats, even when you aren't aware they exist. Gage also is power and leaders in standby generators. They are the number one Cummins dealer on the Gulf Coast and provide generators to homes and businesses of any size so you can keep life going. Gage, better connected, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. I love it. So backing up a little bit more, you saying that places you had worked beforehand just didn't quite fit the appetite in the market that you saw for an agency such as Glow. What led you up to Glow? How'd you get here? Let's kind of take things back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, good question. So uh, taking it back to the beginning. So I, I had about 10 years in this industry specifically. And uh, again, worked for, for some really good companies. Uh, you know, always, if you, if you have the, the mindset of you want to do something on your own, then you're constantly thinking like, man, you know, if this is my place. I would do this, 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 and this, right? Well, uh, I have a, a friend who's also, uh, 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 he, he invested in the company and, and minority owner here, Gene Moore. Gene was in my ear and he's like, you know, he calls me knocking. He's like, knocking, what are you doing, man? Like, you need, you need, to, you need to go make this happen. Uh, so without getting into too many details, there was a chain of events that happened at one of the places I was working and I was really just disheartened by it. And, and, and I just thought, well, now's the, now's the time. So, uh, wasn't really sure how things were going to work out and, and, uh, was hoping for the best, praying for the best. And so started glow and, and man, I just, I took a lot of the things that I learned not to do. And, and I made sure that more of what we did do, I didn't do the things that I was not supposed to do. And, and it's, it's like water in a sponge, man. Customers soaked it up, employees soaked it up. And it's just, uh, again, there's no, no, no magic sauce here, man. It's just the, the biggest thing is just treating people with respect. Uh, you know, not, not screaming, not yelling, not having emotional responses. Uh, just, just trying to be consistent and trying to be normal. Uh, whatever that term means, right? Uh, but man, it, it, it attracted the right people. It attracted the right customers. It attracted the right staff here at Glow. And, uh, you know, and we started growing, I mean, rapidly. So, you know, first two years, we grew over 150% each year. Uh, and every year after that, we're right at 100% growth, you know, year over year. Um, and I don't think that's accident. I don't, I don't think that that we're just at the right place at the right time. I think that uh, it's, it's, it's intentional. It's, a, it's an intentional way of doing business. We live in a weird world. Uh, so knowing that we live in a weird world and sometimes you have to navigate HR a very specific way, which we do, uh, but we also use common sense, man. You know, so uh, our uncommon sense, if you will. Uh, and that goes a long way and just to making very sound, solid business decisions uh, without, without forgoing ethics or morality or any of those things. Uh, just common sense is what happened to common sense? I don't know. I don't know what happened to common sense. And I, I'm, I'm probably maybe not the best steward of it sometimes, but uh, I mentioned where I grew up, Melville, Louisiana. Yep. And man, one of the things about growing up there, and I'm sure this can be said for a lot of small towns in America, but my experience was when I left there, I would think I was maybe 14 or 15. So when I left there, it was a very, very sheltered, small 
little community, I realized how the world functioned. And I started realizing that, you know, no one's really in charge. There's no such thing as adults. Like, it's kind of chaotic out here, right? But growing up in that sheltered community, uh, very, very strong family and uh, religious ethics, and uh, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me that, that if you want something bad enough, don't wait on anybody else to do it for you. You go and do it. Uh, it taught me work ethic. Uh, I tell people my very first job, uh, I might be off a year. I think I was 10 or 11, and I was picking watermelons, man. My, my, my dad had some land and uh, uh, leased it out to good friends, uh, family friends, and they were farmers. And so between green onions and, and watermelons, shout out to the Saddleys, uh, that was my first job. And, and it was hot, man. It was, you know, it, it, I, was, I was little, I was a tiny little kid, but my parents knew enough about life that that was the right decision. And, and man, I don't regret it for a second. So working hard early on, it, 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 it teaches you things. It teaches you things that maybe I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Maybe there's another way to do things. Uh, but it also teaches you the pride of accomplishment because, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to, to start with a full field. And at the end of the day, you would have this trailer loads, I mean, little tra trailer loads of, you know, these 20 pound watermelons. Uh, and there was, I, I, I thought it was awesome as I was a kid. Um, so work ethic is something I definitely learned there. And then communication. So, you know, grew up in, in the middle of nowhere, you know, you had your friends and you had your family. And we didn't cut each other slack. You know, if you did something dumb, somebody told you you did something <laughs> dumb, man. So there was no other way to, no, no other way to spin it. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it taught me that there are repercussions for actions. You know, if I popped off to my cousins, they punched me in the mouth. And, and not condoning violence by any stretch, but it... It's, uh, it's family. It's, it's, it's it, what happens. It, it develops know? you, man. Okay. It develops you. It teaches you that, you know... I can, uh, I can live or die by my own sword, and if I can treat people a certain way and talk to them a certain way, they probably won't punch me in the mouth. And I took all the, those very innocent child skills, if you will, and I just held on to them. So we left Melville, and we moved to uh, Live Oak or Watson. Very small at the time as well, but it was just, uh, it was different. It was just, uh, it, you know, the... The culture is a little bit different. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't as constricted or, or closed in. So, I learned. I learned a lot about people uh, during that time as well. Um, uh, and I just I held on to those basic principles of when I was a kid and and knew someday. Didn't know what, when, or where. I knew someday I'd probably probably have a business of some sorts. And you know, man, life gets away from me. I got married to uh, to my childhood sweetheart when I was 21 and we worked uh, together. We traveled the country working odd and in jobs and uh, moved back here after Katrina to Baton Rouge in 2005 and uh, started again working odd and in sales jobs, uh, construction work. Uh, and then, then uh, my dad started a very similar company to what I had, very small scale and and that's where I kind of understood that, that this idea that if you're really good at talking to people and you can, can get people to, to move from one part of the country to another part of the country to work for a client, you can make money like that. 
And so the seed was planted there. And then I, I started working at various, uh, various staffing companies and learned a lot about what not to do and, and, and just started taking notes, man. So uh, when the timing was right, here we are, you know, Glow Resources uh, 2023. I love it, man. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service Every step of the way, they're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life, shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. So you said you knew one day you were going to own your own business. What Was there a moment in your life or was there a situation you were in where you were like, you know, I want to do something on my own in the future, whether it's one year, five years, 20 years. Yeah. So, so I guess the, the correct way to answer that without a uh, sound of pretentious is, um, I think we're, we're all born with certain skill sets. Uh, you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm not great at football, man. If I go play football, <laughs> I'll probably get demolished. Right. Uh, right. I'm not a rock climber. I can't climb rocks, you know, no doubt. Never tried it. I bet I'd be terrible at it, though. Uh, definitely not a chef. But what, what I can do is I know how to speak to people. And, you know, I have no college education. You know, 12th grade was my pinnacle of uh, uh, learning. But I learned how to speak to people. And it may not be in the best selection of words. And I'll probably use adjectives where they don't belong from time to time. But it's uh, there's a skill set that I'm thankful to have been blessed with and and it's just just being normal and nice to people and, and and talking to them where they are and because of that I realized that uh there was there was a certain power if you could if you could de-escalate a situation or uh convince someone to do something there's power in words and I realized that I could either work for somebody for the rest of my life or I can create something on my own Honestly, man, I thought I thought by the time I was 22, 23, I'd have it all figured out and have some type of business. Well, that's not how life works sometimes, you know. Uh, I didn't have a, a you know, my, my family was, uh, we, we were middle class, so, you know, it, it didn't have a big financial backing just to go and just start experimenting. So it required me to go into the workforce and it required me to learn things and uh, what to do and what not to do. And... Uh, so, you know, when I was uh, 2019, so I must have been 36, 37, you know, that's, that's when the trigger was able to be pulled. And one thing cool about it, Patrick, is what I've learned is after I got glow running, you know, these other opportunities just started popping up and, and you had to capture the moment. And, and, you know, I was lucky enough to, in a certain few situations to capture the moment and and was able to to be a, a minor, minority part, and in some some cases a majority part in, in a few other companies. Um, the first one I want to uh, talk about uh, is Revolution uh, Ammo at the time, but then Revolution Arms is what they're called now. Uh, 
Mark Galena and Bo Bergeron run that company are the primary owners and, and myself and a few other investors are, are just that, just investors. But it's been really cool to be a part of that, man. They uh, uh, are a military-owned company, and the initial thought was they're going to start producing ammo, and they did. They started producing ammo right here in Baton Rouge, and now that's just recently uh, transitioned to they have their own uh, gun shop, gun and ammo shop over in Denham Springs on range called uh, Revolution Arms. So had I not started GLOW, that opportunity would have probably not been a reasonable uh, thing for me to talk about or to grab at. And my message in that, and I'll talk about a few other ones, is uh, execution, right? Again, dude, I'm, I'm 41. I, I don't have life figured out. I'm from Melville, Louisiana, and, and no college education. So take everything with a grain of salt. But in my life experience, I have found that the number one thing that I can differentiate between successful people and non-successful people is execution. And, you know, you can talk about it. You can develop a plan, and you can, you can talk it to death, or you can just get out in the mud and just start walking and figuring it out. And that's my personality. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather just jump on something and, and see what happens. And, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but if I would have not executed and I would have given in to fear, doubt, you know, all, all the natural human emotions that we go through, uh, I would have never started GLOW. And if I wouldn't have started GLOW, I would have never had an opportunity to be a part of uh, Revolution Arms. And then, uh, uh, about two years ago, uh, my, my buddy Gene, again, this was his idea. He's like, nah, can we should start a technology company. I'm like, bro, I'm from Melville. What, what, do you, what kind of technology what, company Exactly, what here? are you expecting from me here? And, uh, and, but his idea was sound. And, and that is that if we hire the right people and we find the right people to lead it, it's probably going to be successful. So we did, man. We, we partnered with... Uh, uh, the right people and it's a managed service technology company and uh, it's grown like crazy over the past uh, year and it's uh, it's fun to be a part of something that you know nothing about I'll tell you oh, yeah. it's uh, it, it's kind of cool to watch those guys that are way smarter than me and, and they work their magic and and, uh, and and they're successful in their own right um, so again if I would have been ex not executed at GLOW that opportunity never presents itself. Um, well, and like for entrepreneurs as a whole, you have this reality that once you start one company and you get the right people in place, being a business owner is mostly just about picking the right people to execute in ways you can't do. You that's know? it. And so it's recognizing, all right, we've got Glow in place. We've got this business. It's running. And then when people start presenting you with other ideas, you're a lot more open. Whereas if you're a, a W-2 employee, for a lack of a better term, where you're just clocking in, clocking out, if I were to come to somebody and say, hey, I got an opportunity, let's invest, let's do this thing, you get a little hesitant. Yeah. You're like, wait a second, I don't, that's unfamiliar territory to me. I'm not very comfortable with doing this. You know what? Just hit me back up in a couple years. In a couple years, that person that's executed and done something has grown it far beyond what they could ever invest in and get a worthwhile percentage. But when you have that opportunity to be an entrepreneur from the get-go and you're like, let's do GLOW, let's do this, then you're like, whoa, this is possible. It's feasible. And somebody says, hey, let's, I want to do this arms business. Okay. I don't know much, but what do you, what, how, can I, how can I help? What can I do? 
oh, I can be an investor. Now that's a different viewpoint of an entrepreneur as an investor as an entrepreneur. Now you're saying, I'm just funding what you're doing. You've already got this thing handled. I just want to be a part of it. And then now this technology thing, this is kind of the third loop of, hey, we don't know anything about this, but I have an idea and let's find the right people. That's it. Uh, and and which, what you said, the, the best thing that you said was uh, about finding the right people. Thank you so uh, very much to Building 5 for the, becoming the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. We are going to be filming once a month at Building 5. We're going to post about it on our socials so you can come and visit with us. Building 5 is an excellent food establishment if you're into sharing boards and really getting a creative menu. Misty and Brumby have done an excellent job of creating an environment that's warm, welcoming, and inviting for every single occasion. Go on over to Building 5 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and tell them that the Patty G Show sent right you. people. Um, I treat everybody generally like I want to be treated and, and you know, it's a terrible term, but you know, as alpha males, if you will, uh, or, or just a, just a male in general, uh, you really don't want other people pressing on you too hard, right? You you want to you want to be guided. You know, you need to take direction and you need to take guidance, uh, but you need to uh, you need to be able to stand on your own. So one thing that that you know I think that I've done well and and, and certainly uh, my my partners have done well is whenever we select people to run the companies. Uh, I'm like, all right, dude, we're here if you need us, but this is on you. And man, I think I think that is the best way to approach any any new venture is if you don't look at it from uh, how much money can we make, how quickly can we make it, and you take it for what it is. All right, I'm investing not into a company. I'm really investing into these people because if if, if these people, you know, if the people at RA and, and Apex, if they leave, I, you know, I don't, I can't make ammo. I don't know how to fix a computer. So the investment is into the human. And when you find the right human, again, the sausage making process, right? There's a lot goes into to, to finding the right partner. But when you find the right people, man, that know what they're doing and they're passionate about it, it's uh, the term investing, you know, I'm generalizing here, but it means to to probably put up something with an expectation of return later. I think, uh, I think from what I've witnessed is sometimes when those things go sour is when the expectation is to put up return and then oh, yeah. immediately snap it up, right? Uh, that puts pressure unnecessarily on companies. Uh, it, m most certainly the people that are in those companies. Uh, so I think it's best when you invest into the people, you put up put up the investment of whatever that is, monetary or whatever. And then your expectation of return is, yeah, I'm going to get a return, but these people are going to do it probably on their own timeline. And as long as they're good stewards of, of customer service and money and, and common sense, you know, it's, it's more than likely going to work out. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I might play this back if I get older and I forget that because you can't really pressure people into doing something. It, it, it works out short term. It's not really going to work out long term. Um, uh, don't know if we talked about, I don't think we have about VMS, Vessel Maintenance Service. Again, man, just being in the, 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 the right place and having treated people well. Uh, one of my customers uh, at Glow, um, kind of put a bug in my ear about a year ago about, hey man, you know, 
there's something to cleaning these barges. These barges, uh, you know, backing up. So the Mississippi River is a vital source of, of good transportation, obviously. Some of those goods are not some. A lot of those goods are food products. And those food products are, you know, might start near New Orleans and go up, you know, who knows where. And then they come back and they're offloaded and there's a new food product that put, is put into the, the, the barges. Uh, those barges have to be clean in between. Right. And so uh, we had an opportunity to, to, to start a barge cleaning company. And uh, VMS, or Vessel Maintenance Services, is what that company is. And, and I'm tying it in with choosing the right people here. Um, about two weeks before I was really making a decision, do I want to do this? Uh, good buddy of mine, uh, Jason Bell, he had been at the same company, man, I, I think maybe close to 17, 18 years. The company liquidated and, you know, they were done. He said, look, I'm going to be looking for something to do in a few weeks. And I, I immediately knew Patrick, like, all right, case closed, right? Because I, I didn't, I, I needed somebody that could, could be the steward of that company. I didn't have time for it. Uh, and, and man, it's, it's been incredible. It's, it's grown, uh, very fast. Uh, it went from, from nothing to profitable pretty much day one. And again, not, not boasting, not bragging, uh, just, just portraying a message that the right people at the right time being treated well and given space can be very beneficial, not only for the investor or the owner, but all the other lives involved, uh, you know, my, my buddy Jason was perfect. Like he literally, he, he, he ended his job and took a vacation and then started, started this new one. Um, uh, timing is important and execution is important. So, uh, and so if I hadn't taken the step to start GLOW, you know, these opportunities obviously wouldn't have just magically, mystically came to me. And uh, i thankful for, uh, for the raising that I had. I'm thankful for the work ethics I learned when I was young and uh, be it good or bad, I'm thankful that uh, I don't have the fear of failure. Uh, you know, you, you just gotta, gotta make it happen sometimes and see what, see what the outcome is. Oh yeah, you gotta jump off the deep end and see what you can do. But I think like- McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40 plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want. Go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. you can do. Yeah. And I think like the industries that you've chosen – they're not overall off the top glamorous industries, right? And barge cleaning, it's a dirty job. You know, I'm very. pretty sure there was an episode of Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs, that they did barge cleaning. It's very dirty. <laughs> but it's businesses and avenues that are profitable quickly because there's not many people that want to do it. And so you have all these entrepreneurs that are like, I want to do this shiny job, this fancy thing. But in the reality of it, there are jobs that have to get done that are dirty and messy. And those often are pretty profitable because not many people want to do it. I mean, you're in the staffing world. You know that the blue-collar jobs are kind of always, always there, but the, the labor and the task force is like going away almost. And people are losing this sense of, let me learn a trade, 
and that's how I'm going to make my money. They're saying, how can I get a cushy plus job doing the bare minimum? So you're losing that work ethic that you were instilled with at such a young age that it's hard to, you know, imagine somebody saying, I'm going to start a barge cleaning service company without having the background that you've got, without having the knowledge and the know-how that you've gathered over the years saying, no, this is going to work. And those people that want to start businesses and be immediately successful are trying to replicate something else. They're looking at something somebody's doing and saying, that's working well for them. I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to make just as much money. But they're forgetting all the years that went into building up to that point where it was a perfect place and a perfect time for them to execute and build something. Yeah, man, there's no easy buttons. There's no, uh, uh, in my experience, there's no... There's no, uh, there's no making a decision and saying that I want my shiny ball to look like that shiny ball. You, you said it. There's to to get to get something beautiful and shiny. The the amount of work and planning that goes into it is, uh, it's uh, it, it's sometimes a lot. Um, one thing that I want to uh, point out is. You, you mentioned something just now about uh, people wanting the, the best and the most beautiful jobs and, you know, they have these college degrees and, dude, I am not knocking college. I think it serves a fundamental place in society and it's much needed, but I cannot tell you how many hundreds of resumes we get per day sent to us, emailed to us uh, with people with college degrees, substantial education in their background. And... That's not what the market needs. The market needs the blue collar guys. They need guys that know how to do things, how to, and women that know how to fix things and, and that know how to, uh, to, to, to make something out of nothing. Um, that's, that's where we are, at least in, you know, we, we service the Gulf, Gulf from Miami all the way to, to, to Houston. And, and our markets that we're primarily servicing that is what is needed. Uh, you know, we do get the white collar requests. It happens all the time, every day. But you know, ninety percent of what we're we're being asked of is people that know how to build things and know how to work with their hands, and they can they can create something that you know. If they don't do it, we don't have the AI technology or the uh, any other technology to create. It requires a human knowing how to perform a skill. Not knocking college. It is definitely necessary. Uh, but what I, I tell my kids, I have two children is I'll pay for all the college they want to go, but you know, what do you want to do? Um, general studies, mm, maybe, you know, if you want to be a doctor, I can probably justify that. If you want to be a, you know, veterinarian engineer, something that you can quantifiably, uh, say that if I have this skill set, I can go and do something. Uh, but just the general studies, man, in my experience, uh, is uh, it's very difficult for those kids to just go into the workforce and, and, and get the shiny job that probably they could have gotten, you know, 30, 40 years ago with the same degree. So I wanted to side note that in case anybody was, <laughs> anybody was watching and wanted to know the opinion. Well, it, it brings up a very valid talking point about the education system and on entrepreneur, where do you need a degree in order to become successful? And blatantly, the answer is no. Regardless of who you are, college is not the path for everyone. It serves a purpose, like you said, for sure. You know, if there's something that needs technical guidance and technical training and technical experience, then yeah, you're probably going to have to get a degree for that. But if you are a general studies major or, you know, inter interdisciplinary studies where you're like, I'm just going to get a, a wide array of education and take four years to find myself, 
there's a lot other ways that you can find yourself when it comes to a career path. You know, career tests are something that's quick, easy, and dirty. That's like, oh, I didn't know I had an aptitude for X, Y, and Z. Let me go and explore that a little bit more. And right. then you can really focus in on, hey, I want to be an engineer. Okay, I need this training. I want to be a vet. I want to be this. And so then you can really focus in on your training and your education. But if you're going to college just for four years of, you know, if you're going to take it as a vacation, take it as a four-year vacation. Right. But in the real world, when you snap out of that, you've got to figure out where your skills are best deployed. You know, like you were saying earlier, you're a people person. You can talk to people. You can make connections. The businesses that you're in, that's what brings that value is that ability to sit there in a room with somebody and either close the deal or establish a relationship of trust and then build from it. Not just saying, oh, hi, I'm Jareth. I've got this education. Here's what I'm Here's what I'm good at. Here are my degrees, my diplomas, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, when I'm looking at a resume, a degree is just one single line. Everybody's also looking at what's your experience? That's what's it. your history? Did you not work for certain years? Why? What's the story there? That piece of paper that you're sending out to the employers, if you're going that route, is a testament of who you are as a person, not just the letters behind your name. Mm, I mean, yeah. letters behind your name is nice on a card, sure. But at the end of the day, it's when I'm doing business with somebody, I'm not thinking, oh, they've got letters behind their name. That's good. They've got these degrees. That's good. I can trust what they've got. Your actions are going to speak far louder than your words. Yeah, no doubt. So Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away. It's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left, but the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. So one, one thing that we do when we're, we're hiring, and just for clarity, so when we talk about internal employees, those are employees that work at Glow Resources, and they're, they're helping us complete the task of finding employees for our customers. External employees would be the employees that really are going to our customers. But for internal employees, when we're making hires, and, and, and again, we're not orthodox, man, so, but one thing that probably holds the least weight is the actual resume. Um, we're just like anybody else, you know, we find people how we find people. Uh, but I, I'm more interested in, in intrinsics. I want to know what, what, you know, is this person going to be normal? Are they easy to speak with? Are they going to, are they, what's their attitude like? You know, uh, did they pass the smell test? You know, just things that, that just should, just should happen naturally for humans. Uh, those are way more valuable than the letters or, or the, the education that they, They've received, and in some cases, more valuable than the experience that they bring to the table. Um, uh, that's how we hire internally. Now, externally, we follow our customers' guidelines, and every customer has their own set of guidelines. So we, we follow those to the T. But for us internally, 
you know, for us to find the quality of employees that our customers enjoy receiving from us, it requires it requires us to have intrinsic uh, intrinsic abilities. And again, you know, how how, how do you what's your attitude like? Uh, how do you how do you handle adverse situations? How do you how do you respond? Uh, you know, if somebody's not pleasantly speaking to you, those are things that you can't train. You know, you can you can have all the manuals in the world, but I cannot I cannot train someone to have a a nice a pleasant attitude. That's just you know you either have it or you don't, right? So for us internally, uh, the the resume has very little uh, to do with the actual hiring. Um, I wish that I can practice that and give that to you know in some of the cases, some of our customers uh, uh, and we love them in spite of it. They're so they're so honed in on a very specific thing that they really miss out on really good people, because some people or lots of people, they just have not really had the opportunity or the chance to to, to show what they can do. But man, you can tell you can tell when someone you're talking to someone that all right they're going to be. They're pretty special. They're going to be just fine, but they might be lacking uh, a degree. They might be lacking, uh, you know, they might need two years of experience and they have a year. So one thing we stress and we've, we've done a really good job with our current customer base is that when we feel a certain way about someone, we're going to push them in and, and, and probably put some side notes about that person. And, uh, and most of our customers do respond well to that. Um, so, so a tip for, for anyone, uh, uh, looking for a job um, is to to focus less on uh, re- resumes or BS, Patrick. Let's be honest. Have you you've made a resume at some point in your life, yeah, right? It's, it's the extrapolate best, the, the best words, version of yourself, no doubt, man. You know, I so, was a, a safety maintenance officer at a restaurant because I mopped the floor. That's it, yeah, exactly, dude. So you can uh, you can get super creative with words, and I re- I remember personally. Having uh, to create a resume one time, it was like, man, it's only one page. I have nothing to make this a second page. So you change the font a little bit. You get your space in so you can roll into that second page. Right. And it's all just BS, man. It's a, you know, if you're strictly hiring someone off a of paper, I think that's a fundamental mistake. You need to you need to sit down probably more than once with that human, and you need you need to talk to them and just just ask them questions and and see see what they're see what they're about, and then then make a decision. You know. Obviously, you don't want to hire a, a, a surgeon without the, the right experience or the right resume to support it. But if we're talking, uh, you know, office staff or even in some cases, some skilled blue, blue collar positions, some, some people just have not been given the opportunity to, to put it on paper. They possess mm-hmm. the skill and they have the intrinsics to back it. Uh, so part of the sausage making process that we do is we we kind of shift those things around and we make sure that we don't let good people slip through the cracks just because they're they're lacking you know you know two of the ten requirements. Um, uh, sometimes they're they're perfect for the job. They just they just need the opportunity. Yeah, and that's you don't know how that person's going to respond to real life situations or real world you know office politics until you're sitting in front of them and you're having a conversation because that paper doesn't say oh every morning I would go around and say everybody good morning how are you. Be a bright, bubbly person for the office. You're not going to put that on a resume, because I mean, how do you how do you put that? You how know? do you put that? How, how, how do you put? I'm right. a great office wake up person. Or if somebody's having a sluggish day, I walk in and brighten them up. But when you're talking with them, you kind of feel it. Yeah. They're like, oh, this person, they got a good attitude. They got they carry themselves well. They're very interested in what I'm saying. 
Are they, you know, leaning into the conversation and really, you know, putting it all out there and listening to every word? Or are they kind of relaxed, you know, checking their watch or checking their phone? Like, mm. all right, I got two more interviews this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Let's get through it. You know, I know I'm special, right? Do they have that mentality or are they like very grateful for the opportunity? Their eyes lighten up when you say, this is the job we're trying to fill. And they're like, that's exactly what I want. Well, how are they reacting to the questions? You just don't get it. Even on a phone interview, you don't get that. Mm. it's that sitting down whether it's face to face over zoom or what have you where you're actually sitting across them on the table you don't know what that person's going to do just by looking at a resume reading an email cover letter or talking to them on the phone you get a little bit on the phone but i'm still i need to see you yeah. i need to see how you respond to this question i need to see are you looking at me puzzled like did they just ask me that or are you looking at me like all right i see where you're going to challenge me here today i'm in you know? Yeah, man. So one thing when I hire people uh, for GLOW internally, um, very rarely do we call them employees. And if I do, I've just made a mistake. So when I when I refer to them, you know, we, we call them a team member. And that's that's kind of silly. You know, I get it. But for me, it I, when I'm hiring someone to represent GLOW, that's what we're hiring them for. It's not to represent GLOW while they're in the walls. It's to represent GLOW while they're outside the walls. And that doesn't mean they have to act a certain way out of work or in work. And that's not what I'm saying. It means that I need the type of person that's going to be receptive to the type of environment that we have here. Because when they're at their family gathering, uh, the worst thing that could possibly happen and would just demoralize and crush me is if they, they're asked about their work and be like, oh, man, you know, it's, you know, blah, 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 it's not the greatest or, you know, my boss is a jerk or they do this. That kind of stuff, it's hard to quantify it, but that kind of stuff just carries in the wind and that spreads, be it good or bad. That's going to spread in the community. It's going to spread with, with hiring managers at some point, business owners at some point. Uh, so, you know, hiring the right person is super important. And then when you hire that right person, you have to have the environment that, uh, that justifies them being really happy about where they're working. That when, when they ask those questions or they're, you know, they're talking about GLOW, it's, it's, it's spun in a positive manner as you intend it. Uh, and that's a, that's, that is our marketing strategy right there in a nutshell is we want to be portrayed uh, like we see ourselves. And that is, you know, we're primarily happy people. We feel very fortunate and, and blessed. We're, we're humbled by opportunity. And, and we want to make sure that that's the message that we're giving out to the community. And, uh, and it's not just me, dude. I, I, I only know a certain number of people. It's it's literally every person that works here that, and they do it. They you know they, they are, basically business owners themselves because that's and that's how that's how they feel. That's how they they talk about glow. So interview techniques. What are some top three interview techniques for both the interviewee and the interviewer? I mean, if you're a business owner, you know how to operate. You know how to do your job. You know how to do your task maybe your interview skills are not the best part, but what are some tips and tricks that you would give to folks on both sides of the table? Yeah, man. So I'll tell you uh, some mistakes I made early on when, uh, when I was hiring people. Um, I would look for people that had things figured out. So for example, I'm, I, might, I might slap some negative points on an interviewee based on, on eye contact or how, how, they would, how they would posture themselves. And what I've learned is you can't do that. Some people just get really nervous during interviews, right? And, and it took me some years to, to figure that out. So 
my technique is to soften the room. If I'm interviewing someone, uh, the very you know worst thing to start with is start getting into work. I just wanna I just wanna talk to them. I just wanna uh, you know I'll probably tell them a little bit about Glow. Uh, you know, how we really don't think we're special. I don't think I'm special. You know, I'm just very fortunate to be here and I'm just a normal dude like you. I grew up in the woods and, you know, I try to, I try to really portray who I see myself as and, uh, and, and try to, try to lighten the, the environment, right? It's not a competition where you're trying to convince me of something and I'm trying to, trying to see if you're lying to me, right? Uh, so once that, once that, that environment is set, Really, what I found to be the most beautiful thing about interviews and, and how they fulfill themselves is when people just start talking. Once they get comfortable and if they just start talking, you'll know, dude. You'll know within a, a minute or two minutes of them speaking if that's the right person or not. Uh, the job of the interviewer is to create the conditions for them to, to be able to freely speak. And, and again, I go back to, uh, to, the, to the eye contact. Um, Man, one of our uh, area managers here, Lane Hartley, he's gonna die when he sees this, but his <laughs> his very first uh, day here, and, and he's a big dude, I mean, college basketball player, and uh, just a big boy. And uh, man, he wouldn't look at me, and I was like, all right, so what's, what's going on with this cat? But you know, we eventually we got past that, and the dude is phenomenal, man. His, you know, he's responsible for the Baton Rouge area, and you know, not getting into numbers, like he's crushing it though. I mean, just unbelievable. The customers love him. Everybody loves him. He's just, he's just, he's really developed into a superstar. Uh, but had I practiced the old Jareth of, you know, this guy's not even looking at me. Something's off. Uh, you know, I'd have missed out. I'd have missed out on a, on a, on a stud. Uh, so interviewer, it's less important that you ask questions. In my opinion, it's less important that you ask questions that will benefit you or your company, and it's more important that you create an environment in the interview process that the people are comfortable just speaking, because they, you know, they understand what they're applying for, right? You know, it's not, it's not like uh, you, you pull in people that are way in left field. You know, there's a there's a system of how they got into your office. So as an interviewer, once they once they pass that system and they're in your office. Uh, they're there for a reason. There's something that that you know either word of mouth recommendation. You saw something that triggered you on the resume, or you had a phone conversation. Something got them into the office, and then it's it's our job as interviewers uh, to let them explain why they think that they're a good uh, fit for the position. Obviously, there's some some trigger questions depending on what you're hiring for uh, that you can ask. But man, a good interviewer is going to know within a couple minutes of that person freely speaking, not of the interview, but freely speaking in a comfortable environment if they're a good fit. Um, so my, uh, my advice in, in almost everything these days is disregard the system of how you're supposed to do everything. That's, that sometimes is not the right way to do it. And just, just be normal. It's like, uh, just like having a podcast, man. If you were to come and ask me in a, in a couple minutes, me explain some things about Glow Resources, I, 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 w I wouldn't be able to portray it correctly because, all right, we're a staffing company, but what makes us different? Yeah. How, how are we different? Well, the same thing is, is, is true about the interview. You, you gotta spend time with them. If you need the position bad enough, set aside 30 minutes, whatever, the, whatever you, you think is appropriate and, and get people comfortable enough to, to let them start speaking. One thing I did one time, man, is uh, I had this, uh, this girl that was so nervous and was, 
And it makes me uncomfortable when I've been there. I get it. I get, you know, they need this, this job for whatever reason. Uh, we just stopped, went, went to the kitchen at the time, and we got something to drink, chilled out. I acknowledged, I'm like, look, you're nervous. I can see you're nervous. Let's just, let's just chill out and start over. And, uh, and wound up hiring her, uh, you know, at a, at a different place. Um, so it, you just, as an interviewer, focus less on interviewing and more on just softening the environment and let the interviewee speak for themselves. Or, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, you'll know real quick <laughs> once, you, once you have them comfortable if they're gonna be a good fit or not. Yeah, and it's all about breaking down those walls and really getting just relaxed. That's it. And not so much tense over here. Everything, every word I say is like, you know, hey, here's a tape recorder. We're gonna record everything you say and we're gonna play it back on loop. Yeah. Really pick holes in what you said. It's right. Like, no, no, no. We're all here for the same thing. You're trying to get a job. We're trying to fill a position. Yeah. So let's accomplish this goal together. And let's just have a chat, human to human, with no real pressure of the business world, which can be tough as an interviewee, especially with the younger generation coming in right out of college. They're all trained, hey, do X, Y, and Z in an interview. But in reality, it's like, just be yourself. Yep. Whatever it is, whatever the job is, be who you are. Let that speak for you. And then if you're meant to get the job, you're going to get the job. If you're not meant then there's another place that's going to hire you. So just keep typically, on. Yeah. Keep, yeah, typically, especially right now. I yeah, mean, man. You can get a, if you're unemployed right now, there's there's something wrong with, yeah, you, there's with some, your efforts. Yeah, the, the effort's <laughs> probably not there. Uh, you know, we, uh, I, I'll side note into uh, something. We've made it, I th- always say, I think we've made it really easy for lazy people to live in society. You know, it's, uh, you know, our government sometimes are, uh, are, are overgiving, in my opinion, uh, in society. So, uh, probably a topic for another another podcast. I'm sure <laughs> that's a, that's on round two. There you go. Uh, Welcome to but- the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. Yeah. Um, but, Jareth, as we do start to wind down the show, we have a set list of questions we ask every single guest that we have on. Okay. First one, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? So... Instead of describing a very specific thing that I did, I'm going to describe a thought process that I still wish I had. Okay. So, and it, it probably makes sense to still tie in is, I wish that I could wake up as a eight-year-old Jareth with my viewpoint of the world then because it was it was beautiful, it was pure, and life made sense. And you know, there was a real thing of adults, and there was a real thing of people in charge, and and everything had order, and you know, it was very structured. Uh, that was a beautiful way to live when I was a kid, right? And uh, and I, I remember 
remember that mindset so so clearly and you know looking back obviously that wasn't the case right there was still chaos in the world but uh good parenting and, and good environment my my sheltered perception of the world was uh was such that it was all in order and and, and you know if i did x y and z i was going to be just fine i i miss that man that's uh that that was a kind of a cool way to live right and, and to be uh uh just uh not aware of uh how weird the world was oh yeah that's yeah. like a yeah. almost a, a jealous mindset you know, no doubt i have them like come on man like being right. able to just look at something and say oh that's that's all it is it's just this one little thing and not everything that's all connected and intertwined it's a crazy world we live in so i like that eight-year-old mentality yeah I miss, I, I, miss, I miss the young <laughs> jareth man so you have opened a multitude of businesses whether it's majority or minority ownership and you've also come from working for people throughout your career what are like three lessons you've learned along your way uh integrity cannot be traded for anything um, um, and to, to detail that a little bit, know who you are and what you stand for and don't compromise. Um, uh, trust obviously in partnerships is a very, very large, uh, portion of it. And man, I've been really fortunate and, 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 and still am even, even the people that I've invested into, there's just an understood level of, all right, they're doing their thing and they're going to be fine. Right. Um, and then, uh, family and friends, right. Specifically family. I think, uh, a large portion everybody that knows me personally already knows this, but a large portion of my success is my family. It's my, you start with my parents, uh, you know, they, they raised me in, and, and what, we defined as the right way. And, you know, they taught me, you know, good and bad and all those things. And then carry that on to, to my wife who, who works for, uh, with glow now, uh, there's a grounding that I have, uh, when things are chaotic and, you know, it seems like the world's falling down. I know that yeah, it may fall around me, but I still have that grounding of family and friends. And man, for me, that's, uh, that's that's uber important. So integrity, trust, and then family slash friends would be my three. Oh yeah, I love all three of those, man. So what is something you love about Louisiana? So having lived in Louisiana uh, most of my life, obviously being born here and then moving away and then coming back, it's real easy. And I'm guilty of it today, dude. I'll say like, why the heck do we live in Louisiana? <laughs> uh, but the reason that we live here is because. It, it it's it's not as as green on the other side of the fence there's beautiful places obviously outside of louisiana uh, more beautiful than louisiana in, in most cases but uh it's cliche man the people and the culture right it's just different here it's uh you know i've lived out west and great people just different you know the culture is just different and if you've you've grown up here and lived here i think it's very difficult to take what we have uh, in traditional louisiana and replicate anywhere else you know in in the u.s in, in my opinion um so the great thing about louisiana is, is the people and the culture yeah well, i mean it speaks volumes where you deal with people all day long and you're seeing it across you know the gulf south of the different types of people the different types of industries and work environments that it's nice to sometimes visit those 
but at home, it's the boot, you know? Man, I remember one time, uh, uh, actually when uh, when we moved back, Patrick, uh, after the, uh, the hurricane, that was when we just had enough. We were living in Arizona, and me and my wife, we loaded up all of our belongings to this pickup truck, and we started driving back. And we got, like, around the Houston area, and we started noticing things were green. Man, and when we crossed into Louisiana, like, the the vibrance of color and the green and the humidity and all the things that we take for granted, it just hit us. And, uh, and it, was, it was beautiful in its own right. Uh, after not seeing it for, for a number of years and just being in a, in a desert, uh, you really appreciate it. The humidity <laughs> and the greenness that, that we uh, take for granted every day. Oh yeah, it's that, you know, that Gulf South, man. That, that Cajun weather is different, it hits different. It hits different, brother. So for the final question, what can I do to help you? Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a different question, Patrick. Um, uh, but I, I'll tell you this: I think that uh, if you just continue being uh, a steward of, of Baton Rouge, and you know, I listen and watch some of the podcasts, and uh, I think what you do is kind of cool, man. It actually. I've learned about business owners that I've known their names, uh, just never personally met. Uh, and it's weird how when you you watch somebody speak or, or listen to them for an hour or so, you know, you don't know them, but you kind of feel like you do a little bit, yeah. right? So I think what you do is probably uh, is probably uh, more vital than you realize. I bet that you know can't speak to this for factuality, but I bet that at some point. There's been something that happened as a result of you having podcasts that somebody has seen like, oh, this dude's not so bad. Maybe I will do business with him. So uh, has that ever happened? Uh, yeah. It has. There you go. All it, right. So it, you it just keep being you, man. It wasn't the initial intent, but over the four years we've done this, it's kind of evolved into people have reached out saying, hey, I've seen your show. I've listened to you for a while. Oh, let's talk. You know, And it turns into a wonderful ecosystem that speaks to the people here in Baton Rouge. It's like, once we know you, you're family. Yeah. And it's like, once we feel like we know you, that's all we need. And then it's just off to the races from there. Well, there's enough bad in the world, so you just keep being a good man. That's what I'm trying, man. Love it. Share a good message. Share what people have to say about their businesses and really just highlight the cool stuff we got going on here. And you're part of that. Thank you, brother. You're doing great. Thank you for coming on, Jared. Yeah, man. Appreciate your time and appreciate everybody else's time, whether you're listening or watching the show. Look, we do this each and every week. And if there's a guest or there's somebody that you know about that speaks to what Jared's been talking about this whole this whole time. We do cool things here in Baton Rouge. We do cool things in Louisiana and people are at the center of it. So reach out to the show. Let us know if you have a guest in mind or if you're interested to get in touch with any of the guests. We're more than happy to connect you and make things happen. So, y'all, this has been the latest episode of the Patty G Show. And if you're interested in anything that Glow Resources has to offer, we're going to have everything linked up in the show notes. Be sure to reach out to them and let them know that Patty G sent you. And like they do for everybody, they're going to take great care of you. Thank you all. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days. But I promise you, 
signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux. You won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. Patty G Show is proudly brought to you by Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry is a local business right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They create handcrafted jewelry for everyday use, that special occasion, whatever it may be. Gentlemen, they've got amazing jewelry both for male and female. Everyone is their audience. You know, after years of experimenting with everything from ceramic jewelry, glass beads, and enamel, they've settled in on the ancient art of lost wax casting is their main form of creating their work. They cast everything in bronze, sterling silver, and 14 karat gold. Every step of the way is done here right in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Proud, proud sponsors of the Patty G Show. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelers. Get out there and tell them that Patty G sent you, and they're going to take great care of you on your next.